Chapter One of the New Army in Training. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The New Army in Training by Rudyard Kipling. Chapter One The Men at Work. The oar, the furnace, and the hammer are all that is needed for a sword. Native Proverb. This was a cantonment one had never seen before, and the gray-haired military policeman could give no help. My experience, he spoke detachedly, is that you'll find everything everywhere. Is it any particular corps you're looking for? Not in the least, I said. Then you're all right. You can't miss getting something. He pointed generally to the north camp. It's like floods in a town, isn't it? He had hit the just word all known marks in the place were submerged by troops parade grounds to their utmost limits were crowded with them rises and skylines were furred with them and the length of the roads heaved and rippled like bicycle chains with blocks of men on the move the voice of a sergeant in the torment reserved for sergeants at roll call boomed across a bunker he was calling over recruits to a specialist corps but i've called you once he snapped at a man in leggings but i'm clark too was the virtuous reply oh you are are you he penciled the correction with a scornful mouth out of one corner of which he added sloppy you're all clarks or watsons today you don't know your own names you don't know what corps you're in this was bitterly unjust for they were squinting up at a biplane you don't know anything hmm said the military policeman the more a man has in his head the harder it is for him to manage his carcass at first i'm glad i never was a sergeant listen to the instructors like rooks ain't it there was a mile of sergeants and instructors varied by company officers all at work on the ready material under their hands they grunted barked yapped expostulated and in rare cases purred as the lines broke and formed and wheeled over the vast maiden when companies numbered off one could hear the tone and accent of every walk in life in maybe half the counties of england from the deep-throated wound of the north to the sharp half-whistled devonshire too and as the instructors laboured so did the men with a passion to learn as passionately as they were taught presently in the drift of the foot traffic down the road there came another grey-haired man one foot in a bright slipper which showed he was an old soldier cherishing a sore toe he drew alongside and considered these zealous myriads good said i deferentially yes he said very good then half to himself quite different though a pivot man near us had shifted a little instead of marking time on the wheel his face clouded his lips moved obviously he was cursing his own clumsiness that's what i meant said the veteran innocent innocent mark you they ain't doing it to be done with it and get off they're doing it because because they want to do it wake up wake up there isherwood this was a young subaltern's reminder flung at a back which straightened itself up that one human name coming up out of all that maze of impersonal maneuvering stuck in the memory like wreckage on the ocean and it wasn't hardly even necessary to caution mr isherwood my companion commented probably he's bitterly ashamed of himself 
i asked a leading question because the old soldier told me that when his toe was sound he too was a military policeman crime crime said he they don't know what crime is the lot don't none of em i mourned over them like a benevolent old satan looking into a busy eden and his last word was innocent the car worked her way through miles of men men route marching going to dig or build bridges or wrestle with stores and transport four or five miles of men and every man with eager eyes there was no music not even drums and fifes i heard nothing but a distant skirl of the pipes trust a scott to get his national weapon as long as there is a chief in the north admitting that war is a serious business especially to the man who is being fought for and that it may be right to carry a long face and contribute to relief funds which should be laid on the national debt it surely could do no harm to cheer the men with a few bands half the money that has been spent in treating for example the north in blue there was a moor among woods with a pond in a hollow the centre of a wood of tents whose population was north country one heard it from far off yo man trail to pick and to rifle at the same time try again said the instructor an isolated company tried again with set seriousness and yet again they were used to the pick won their living by it in fact and so favored it more than the rifle but miners don't carry picks at the trail by instinct though they can twiddle their rifles as one twiddles walking sticks they were clad in a blue garb that disguised all contours yet their shoulders backs and loins could not altogether be disguised and these were excellent another company at physical drill and shirt and trousers showed what superb material had offered itself to be worked upon and how much poise and directed strength had been added to that material in the past few months when the new army gets all its new uniforms it will gaze at itself like a new narcissus but the present kit is indescribable that is why english fashion it has been made honourable by its wearers and our world in the years to come will look back with reverence as well as affection on those blue slops and that epileptic cap one far-seeing commandant who had special facilities has possessed himself of brass buttons thousands of them which he has added to his men's outfit for the moral effect of a having something to clean and b of keeping it so it has paid the smartest regiment in the service could not do itself justice in such garments but i managed to get a view of a battalion coming in from a walk at a distance which more or less subdued the er uniform and they move with the elastic swing and little quick ripple that means so much a miner is not supposed to be as good a marcher as a townsman but when he gets set to time and pace and learns due economy of effort his developed back and shoulder muscles take him along very handsomely another battalion fell in for parade while i watched again at a distance they came to hand quietly and collectedly enough and with only that amount of pressing which is caused by fear of being late a platoon or whatever they call it was giving the whole of its attention to its signalling instructors with the air of men resolved on getting the last flicker of the last cinema film for their money crime in the military sense that they do not know any more than their fellow innocents up the road 
it is hopeless to pretend to be other than what one is because one's soul in this life is exposed as one's body it is futile to tell civilian lies there are no civilians to listen and they have not yet learned to tell service ones without being detected it is useless to sulk at any external condition of affairs because the rest of the world with which a man is concerned is facing those identical conditions there is neither poverty nor riches nor any possibility of pride except in so far as one may do one's task a little better than one's mate duties and developments in the point of food they are extremely well looked after quality and quantity wet canteen and dry drafts come in all round the clock and they have to be fed late guards and sentries want something hot at odd times and the big marquee canteen is the world's gathering place where food life's first interest to man in hard work is thoroughly discussed they can get outside of a vast of victuals. thus a contractor who delivers ten thousand rations a day stands by deputy at least in the presence of just that number of rather fit long deep men they are what is called independent a civilian weakness which they will learn to blush over in a few months and to discourage among later recruits but they are also very quick to pick up dodges and tricks that make a man more comfortable in camp life and their domestic routine runs on wheels it must have been hard at first for civilians to see the necessity for that continuous apparently pernickety housemating and follow-upping which is vital to the comfort of large bodies of men in confined quarters in civil life men leave these things to their women folk but where women are not officers inspecting tents feet and such like develop a she-side to their head and evidently make their non-commissioned officers and men develop it too a good soldier is always a bit of an old maid but as i heard a private say to a sergeant in the manner of some kit chucked into a corner you cannot keep out read up on a proper gate on a sandhill to whom is superior officer ah no you cannot but yo man try billy and heaven knows that they are trying hard enough men ncos and officers with all the massed and undervoiced efforts of our peoples when we are really at work they stand at the very beginning of things creating out of chaos meeting emergencies as they arise handicapped in every direction and overcoming every handicap by simple goodwill humor self-sacrifice common sense and such trumpery virtues i watched their faces in the camp and at lunch looked down a line of some twenty men in the mess tent wondering how many would survive to see the full splendor and significance of the work here so nobly begun but they were not interested in the future beyond their next immediate job they ate quickly and went out to it and by the time i drove away again i was overtaking their battalions on the road not unrelated units lugged together for foot slogging but real battalions of a spirit in themselves which defied even the blue slops wave after wave of proper men with undistracted eyes who never talked a word about any war but not a note of music and they north country men end of chapter one